Field and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Yeah, welcome in Reno, Vegas with us. We're on the Strip, Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook, and Bar. Willie Ramirez is here. National, wait, what is it today? Have fun at work day? What's the name of this thing? Yeah. God, they just make up so many of these. National Fun at Work Day. Oh, National Fun at Work Day. There's a bunch of them today. There's there's a bunch of, well, there's always a bunch, but there were some that stood out to me. And I, If you were to rank the, the entire Cofield & Company crew, who do you think has the most fun at work and has the least fun at work? On Cofield and Company, it's a tough one. There's it's, not, a, there's not, not, there's not a wrong answer. It's not fun. I mean, it's not hard. Who has the most fun? Who has the least amount of fun? I would say the most fun out of the whole company. No, no, no. Who, who enjoys it the most and has fun? Right. Yeah, and who appears to not have fun? JBT most fun. Really? Ari least. Why? No, you are piss you, them off. Are you having fun today? That was my fault. Are you, are you, I, I are run you, a close second. Are you ha- I run a close second to JVT. Are you having fun today? Yeah, I always have fun when I'm when I'm. It, I'm always fun, I always have fun when we're remote. This uh, I'm glad to hear that because we're remote a lot. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't like it, then then you're kind of screwed because we're on the road about five days a week. So do I. This is not your only job. No, not as a freelancer. Did you have fun today in general? I did. Because uh, I did. I got a lot accomplished work-wise early this morning. Um, I was able to get a lift in. I got a huge shipment in, my monthly meat shipment. I'm glad you finished that by saying shipment. Yeah. It sounded like something else for a second. I had a huge yeah. shipment in. Um, <laughs> and, and then, you know, coming down here. And I may or may not. Be heading over to the gym that I co-own and getting to see my son. So yeah, overall, oh, what a day! I, I'm overall I'm, I'm having a it's, it's a good day. What a day! It's a good day. What a day! Mental health is on the up uptick today. That's always good, yeah. especially on this show. Yeah, yeah. I covered some uh, some Rebels basketball practice this morning. I went over and covered the beginning of the East West Shrine. Oh yeah, fun and festivities. That was kind of cool. Talked to a, a couple of players who were in the game. Nice. You know, I forgot. You're going to tell us who or you're not? Um, a defensive back from LSU and then another defensive back who I, you know, might have a school tie to. So there was a Rutgers kid over there. It was a little bit it was a little different today. I went down with certain targets, but they're all, every, like, hour they're offering certain players. So the players I wanted to talk to weren't available today. Gotcha. I, was, I was going down there to talk to uh, San Jose State and Fresno players. Mm. So we'll work on that in the coming days. But, yeah, it was fun. And I, you know, I forgot – too uh, and I, Treasure Island, I love. Um, I hear Luxor get a bad rap sometimes. And walking around there, and you know, for folks who are listening, they're like, you're, you're, "You're never in the hotels." Like I'm not as much as I used to be, right? Not on the strip as much as I used to be. Um, they've actually done a really good job on the property down there. It's very nice. I went into a room called the Velvet Room. Velvet. Really cool room. I don't think I could afford to rent it, but that's where they're doing all the the events. And I was like, "Oh, this this thing's really neat." When like, you picture a room in velvet or 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 booths in velvet, immediately I just immediately my mind shifts to the Golden Steer. Okay, old school, you know, old school. 70s, I haven't been there in a while. Old school seventy vibes. In do Vegas. they have a bar in there? Yeah, don't they, they do. I believe. So. I don't know. I haven't been there in a while. Maybe I have to stop for I been, uh, been uh, a post work week libation. Yeah, we'll have to maybe have 
go in there for. Um, we're going together. Well, yeah, we're going to put it on the Lotus Bill. Is that right? Yeah. We had some bonding yesterday with uh, JVT. Kind of, kind of reached out to all of us to hang out with him more. He wanted. He invited me to come over and play video games. I don't. I don't get those. And I gave him sort of a well, because because you would rip his head off about that. You're not going to his house to play video games. I don't. I don't. I don't get those bonding. You know the invitation to JVT like that. I don't get the invites from Adam Hill like when he's getting the booth over at the Westgate and everybody goes on the, on the Sundays. I know it's weird. Yeah. I don't get him either. He gets his RJ show, crew. The he gets shows his really changed. Wait, this way it went from talking about fun work day to griping about to, not to, having friends not on having the show fun. anymore. Oh, man, not having fun. Very sad. Big four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. You know what? Instead of going over to get a drink, I at Gold Sierra, I might just stay here and I might get some cake. Do they have chocolate cake here? I, they, they I want have some a, chocolate cake. They have. Some, if not, I'm sure. And if they don't, in, with this kitchen, they do around, and it would be a good day to do so because it's National Chocolate Cake Day. What? What a coincidence! <laughs> Can you That's believe? Crazy. It? I might go home and make some sugar-free chocolate cake. And but instead of using vegetable oil, I might use medicated coconut oil. Wow, that got real close to. You can say what you're using; it's not like some FCC violation. I, well, I was going to say cannabis oil, but it's, it, I already said medicated, so it would have been redundant. Right. So you're going to th- throw some weed and some uh, sugarless chocolate cake. Good. That's a good celebration. Yeah. Right? Just mix it all together. Why Why take the weed and then get the munchies and have the chocolate cake? Just combine it. The only thing that I don't like about doing that is that you have it, and then you never know when it's going to kick in, and when yeah. it does. Unpredictable. Yeah. It happened to me at the Lotus Party. Had oh, really? You were, you were, were you? Wow. I had a gummy. Oh, wow. I had a half a gummy when I walked in. I think that's a company violation. You may be fired. I, don't th- I think everyone was on the straight and narrow at that party. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if they came to you and you're like, "Bro, you, you can't be, you can't be whacked at the party," and you're like, "You guys were hammered." What, what are about, you talking about? So the three people that I were talking to that said, "Oh wow, I wish I would have thought of that," because I got to keep going in and out of the out to the car. So they they would have been yeah, screwed, that, huh? That's it's crazy. Yeah, I don't think that there's a party, a Lotus party, I've ever been to where I wasn't pre whacked. Wow, whacked. Now whacked brings a different connotation as to. What sort of Man, inducements? I'm there to have a good time. Let's do it. Let's do it. Ari was all hopped up on something. Number three. He just, he just quietly nodded. Uh, so Raiders quarterback rumors, we've been going through them for the last 10 days or so. And a lot of Tom Brady stuff, a lot of Aaron Rodgers stuff, maybe some Jimmy G stuff. What's going to happen with Derek Carr? Where's he going to go? And there's one guy that I've heard in, at least on the show, I'm not going to say in the market, because, uh, but you brought up Baker Mayfield as a potential Raider. Is there a little bit of momentum here for Baker to land somewhere else? There is because it, it, it sounds like he, if he can buy into the philosophy that he is not a starting quarterback, but he makes a better backup quarterback, and with the with the injuries that we see these teams sort of in, take on, that induce, um, you know, and I brought it up, what, a couple weeks ago, because if you remember back when he was in college, Josh McDaniels made a push with the Patriots to draft Baker Mayfield. So I'm thinking, well, Matthew Stafford's coming back next year. 
So why not make a move to try to bring him into this situation? Now, if he's going at this point to be a career backup, it's probably not the best move. I could there's there there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of hype out there about maybe now the Patriots make a move to bring him in and to sort of spark a little life into Mac Jones because if Mac Jones can't carry a torch, if he's having a little bit of a bad run, or if he gets hurt, you got it. You got a pretty yeah. decent coaching staff. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a smart move. You have a quarterback who you maybe Bill like, O'Brien's here. Yeah, Sorry. maybe in the like the twenty-five to thirty-two range in, in quarterback rankings that yeah. you better have a really good backup, like yeah. real close. So um, that that's now out there that that could potentially that if Bill Belichick decides to add another signal caller, it could be Baker Mayfield. Number two, and that could mean in the future, sooner than later, Baker. Check that. Mac Jones could be an ex-Patriots quarterback. Speaking of, Tom Brady. We don't know what his decision is yet. we got a couple of Brady points to hit here. First of all, we do get confirmation on Brady and weight loss. I told you, around the time of the divorce, he got real gaunt looking. Yeah. When there's being in shape and nice and thin and svelte, when you're an old guy in your mid-40s, and then there's you look up and you're like, whoa, bro, what's wrong with you? So right. what was the deal? And I... When you when you when you had brought up when we were talking about it, I had said he looks emaciated, where your face is withdrawn, at the dark circles, like cutting weight, like fighters look uh, emaciated. And uh, you know, I, I, I I'm read that he you know, with the combination of the divorce, the marital issues leading up to the divorce, and you know he was already known for his diet and sort of adhering to this strict nutrition, dropped weight. From 225 pounds, lost about 15 pounds of weight. Um, don't forget, he took 11 days off from training camp due to personal reasons. We all speculated what that was. Um, I'm not sure, Steve, if that's healthy. You don't drop weight. You don't cut weight during your your time. You you right. you you know, this is a time right now where I would imagine NFL players are bulking, doing a clean bulk. If you are a an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, you're probably doing a clean bulk. If you are a skill position player, you're doing a dirty bulk. But come the time of May when you have the voluntary workouts and then you're approaching OTAs, you want to start cutting. You want to start conditioning. And then all of a sudden you get into OTAs and training camp. But once the season starts, you're not trying to mess with your weight. It could have been why maybe we're seeing and we've heard people say he's starting to show his age. Hmm. When you look at me, do you think I'm doing a clean bulk or a dirty bulk? Filthy bulk. Filthy. As filthy as it can freaking get. By the way, the other reason you lose 15 pounds over the course of like four months, if you are going through a divorce, is to line up the next ladies because you want to be thinner. Do you think that's what he was working on? He's like, man, something tells like, I got to look a little better for the ladies. Something tells me his fat-ass bankroll yeah. is enough for the ladies. He could go with a filthy bulk like me and yes. still be fine with the ladies. Number one. Boy, every day, well, maybe not every day because Willie's not on every day, but Willie Ramirez will always send these last couple of weeks some story saying Raiders shouldn't get Tom Brady. The latest one is who doesn't like Brady? Tim Brown. Legend. Not, not, not personally, but he doesn't like Brady to the Raiders. Right, right. He doesn't like the idea of coming to the Raiders. He thinks the Raiders should go a different route. Um, he understands it's a possibility, but he's saying he's starting to show that he's 45, 46 years old. Uh, 
Brady obviously isn't already a physical player. He's been protected a lot. He's endured injuries, but he's just not hes not the young, athletic guy that the Raiders need to turn to. And Tim Brown is pointing out that his age and his lack of sort of physicality. and I mean, we're, we just got done talking to Stanford. Think about the quarterbacks we're talking about. We're talking about Pat Mahomes. We're talking about Joe Burrow. We're talking about Brock Purdy. We're talking about Jalen Hurts. Talk about the top-tier quarterbacks and what they're able to do. That's not going to cut it to do what you're trying to do with the Las Vegas Raiders. He, 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 I would have to say, he, other than his resume, Steve, and the knowledge of the system McDaniels is trying to teach, it's not that much of an upgrade from Derek Carr from a capability standpoint because of his age. Take 10 years off his age, and yes, he's he's probably more capable to do what he's learned to do than Derek Carr. But at this point, capability-wise, Derek Carr, probably stronger, faster, and more physical. 30 seconds left. Uh, we trust Tim Brown and his objectivity. I mean, he was on the Raiders in 2002 and was part of the tuck rule. Do you ever let that go? Ever let that go with Tom Brady? I don't think that that has anything to do. Stick it to that guy. With it. Stick, stick it to that guy for beating us he's also, in a cheap way. Yeah. Especially when Brady has admitted it was a fumble. Basically. Yep. After the fact. <laughs> Very well much after, after the fact. fact. Can't fix it now. And I thought to myself, you're going to go with that, man. Big Four at Four is presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, offices in Las Vegas and in Reno. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Matt Hoffman, Justin Watkins, 766-1400. Five-second wow. violation on entry. Out of a cold timeout. That's great defense by the Wolfpack. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. One of the big surprises in the Mountain West Conference is the performance of Steve Alford's team, Nevada Wolfpack, and that was a big play. You Normally, we're not sitting here playing five-second calls. But it really was a gigantic play by Nevada against New Mexico. Minute left, they're down five uh, in the first overtime, and they, they forced a five-second call. I think the, the refs were kind of keyed up a little bit. Actually timed it. It was 5.18 seconds. It's pretty close to five, <laughs> right? That's, that New Mexico was shocked. The closer you're going to get. Yeah, New Mexico was shocked. All right, let's get into this game. we got the uh, Nevada Sportsnet crew on the road. Shannon Kelly has been helping us out, talking about the pack, talking about Reno sports, and also uh, covering the Niners and, and Raiders. And she gives us a couple minutes here with Willie and Cofield. How are you today? Hey, guys. I'm doing good, doing good down here in Vegas. Thanks for having me on. I was going to say, where are you today? So you flew in just a little while ago. I guess we shouldn't mention exactly where you're staying. Let, let's say, are you staying anywhere near the Strip? Are you guys off Strip? Are you very South Strip? I am very off strip okay. uh, at my parents' house. Very off strip. Oh, there you oh, go. From here. <laughs> yeah. So there staying you go. with them. So, yeah, furthest, I guess you could say, it's pretty far from the strip. <laughs> All right. So, what's it like for you coming uh, coming back here personally? It's always, personally, you know, it's always a lot of fun for me and for my family and, you know, my friends. And just, you know, it's nice having that balance of, hey, I get to work, but then also the reward of, being able to see my parents a little bit more than, you know, I typically would if I was just coming down to visit for fun. Moment of honesty. 
Do you hate UNLV now? Uh, Ooh, uh, there's a pause. All right. Here. You know, yeah. I grew up going to Running Rebels basketball games. Uh, hate's a strong word. <laughs> okay. But there's, there, there could be intense dislike. That's what happens in the rivalry. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a Nevada alum, so there you go. I think that's, well, I guess that's my answer. <laughs> you know it's funny? I, I always love when, like, I'm not ripping on you, but sometimes media will, media will hold back. I can I can give you ten schools that I hate, and I don't care that I say I hate them. I just, Like, I'm still a big sports fan. It still drives <laughs> me. Like, I, I get fired up in games just like I did years ago. I still have a healthy dislike for a lot of programs. Willie, you? I didn't go to college. So. It doesn't matter. You must have had some. You must have had some. Like, do you? You're a Cowboys fan. Yeah. You don't hate the Eagles. No. You don't hate the Giants. No. Here's what's wild: the the team I hate with a passion, and I always will, forever yep. and ever. I know where you're going, San Francisco 49ers, Ooh. because of the catch. That's not where I thought you were going. I thought you were going to go oh. with Duke. Oh no no no! Because so you, you brought up Dallas, yeah. but yes, as far as the very first school I'm probably going to have disdain for would be Duke, because. I, I mean, I took a couple of courses at CSN, a couple of courses at UNLV, but I didn't finish college and wasn't a college student. But, yeah, Duke, because I was at all the running and games. I knew the people, you know, started my journalism career, knew the 86-87 Final Four guys, and, you know, knew the 90-91 team. So Duke definitely would lead the charge. Shannon, do you think the – I don't know how much you get a chance to talk to Wolfpack fans. This one's interesting. Do you think they hate Kevin Kruger, who's not a very hateable guy, but he's the enemy now? Or he, and, he was, and he was when he played here for the one year. Like, I wonder if they can right. amp themselves up and they're like, I hate Kevin Kruger. <laughs> I think they can yeah. amp themselves up because they just hate UNLV so much and just the rivalry and, you know, the, the UNR versus Nevada, the Vegas versus Reno, that whole thing. Uh, I think so, but... I mean, I've never met Coach Kruger. I haven't met him yet, but uh, he seems like a pretty good guy from the sound bites that I've seen before and how he treats the media. Seems like seems like a very good guy. So I don't know. Could you hate him as a fan? That might be hard, <laughs> him personally. Once again, talking to Shannon Kelly from Nevada Sportsnet. She is down from Reno, but she is back home in UNLV, you know, uh, in Las mm-hmm. Vegas. Uh, Shannon, you know what? I wanted to ask you real quick before we get to the game tomorrow. Uh, what? Uh, what school did you? What high school did you go to? I went to Centennial, Centennial oh, okay. High School. Okay, yeah, home of the Bulldog. Right. A Centennial Bulldog. All right, they just made a big call, uh, football hire. We'll have to. I'll have to fill you in at a different time. Yes, so, you will. I would love to hear that, Lily. So another so time. Let's break down the game a little bit. One of the things I'm surprised by, from a, a number standpoint, is that, and it's, it's. I'm not surprised because Alford wants his team to take care of the ball, but this is a big Nevada team. And the more I watch, I'm like, wow, Blackshear's playing the point a lot of times. Are you surprised how well they've been able to take care of the ball with, you know, a bigger, stronger team? You know, it has been surprising in the sense because Blackshear didn't play the point last year since it was, uh, you know, it was Grant Sherfield. Keenan played it a little bit when Grant was hurt. But it has been surprising to see from that aspect of just, how much work they truly put in in the offseason to get to where they want to be. It's one thing to say it, but these guys have truly put in the work and shown, you know, the Reno community what they are capable of doing, and Monday was a prime example of that, I think. Are you surprised how good Bishop Gorman's Darian Williams has been as a freshman? You know, I heard coming in he was going to be really good, 
And I think it's hard sometimes with high school recruits putting a lot of stock into, you know, we've seen, oh, a five-star recruit out of high school or whatnot. How good are you truly going to be when you transition to college? But, man, he's been a very special player, and it's been a lot of fun to watch him. Just seeing in the first game of the season what he was able to do and his presence on the floor was like, wow, this guy is going to make an impact right away, and he really has. And for me... He's one of the elements in the scary part here because this Nevada team is exceeding expectations. They were picked ninth in the conference. A lot of people thought this season was going to be a disaster. And, you know, while some of their veterans have been the leaders, it's this freshman class that sets them up in the future. The freshman class in general is, I mean, it's exceeded expectations. They've got some real building blocks now. Yeah, they really do, especially with Nick Davidson, chatting with him uh, a couple times. And, you know, he's like, as much as I wish that I didn't redshirt last year, there were so many times he's like, I wanted to just go out there and help my team. It's benefited him so much, and that's rare. I mean, you don't see a lot of guys that are redshirting right away as a freshman nowadays. So for him to be able to do that last year, uh, I think was very beneficial because he was able to just truly get a taste of college basketball without having to burn that year of eligibility, and he made such an impact. And, and you see, you know, Darian Williams, obviously, even Trey Pettigrew getting in there, getting some minutes in, in some key moments. Uh, that just shows his potential and what he's capable of, too. When, and when you have the young guns like that coming out the way that they have, it's it's generally you, you see improvements on the offensive end because you, you have some scoring, you have some ability to break out. But the improvements this team has made has been on defense and with uh, you know ball security and turning the ball over. Um, how much have you seen the discipline change and sort of also the philosophy buying into that discipline up and down this lineup? So much. I mean, you. It, it almost seems like apples and oranges compared to last year. I mean, you look, Trey Coleman, he was played as a freshman as well, but he's been such the leader of this defense. And when he's out on the court, I mean, the presence, it just seems so much different than last season and just how much they've continued to grow and lock in and how, you know, the guys look up to him so much. Gary Williams said how much he looks up to Trey Coleman as a defender and you know, they want to be bought in and they all want to be out there. And I think that's just the biggest thing with this group is just how much more locked in these guys are to wanting to play for each other, it seems like. Once again, speaking with Shannon Kelly, Nevada Sportsnet. She is down from Reno here, ready to cover UNLV and Nevada tomorrow night at the MAC. Um, you know, we had Curtis Terry on earlier and we were talking about this rivalry and where it's at in terms of Ah, from my old school days at the convention center rotunda to the to the Thomas and Mac to to where it's been built up to is the passion still there? And we asked Curtis if the players still have the same feeling he had to back in the early nineties. From from a Reno standpoint, is it does it still have the same vibe, that same rivalry hatred? I guess if, if you want to call it that, um, when these two get together. I think so. I think, you know, obviously with football it being a little bit different because you have the Fremont Cannon on the line and every other sport you don't have the Fremont Cannon on the line. But but still, you know, it's, it's the battle between the two schools in the Silver State. And, you know, nothing more, nobody wants it more than to be the, you know, the better school of the two. And I think, you know, when UNLV, when the men come up uh, to Reno in a couple weeks, 
to close out Mountain West play, I wouldn't hope that there would be a sellout. I mean, there was season-high crowd last year at Lawler was when UNLV was in town. And I think people, it's just like, there's just this sense of, oh, UNLV is coming to town or, oh, Nevada is going to play UNLV. There's just something different. Obviously, each school has their other rivals, too, but there's just something different about it. All right, I got to close on a media question. Uh, tomorrow, the Lady Rebels are facing Nevada as well. That's a 2 o'clock start at the Cox Pavilion. I'm actually on the TV call locally here on uh, Fox 5.2 and Cox 125, and that will be streamed to the mountain. Do I need to call the game down the middle as a Las Vegas? I, seriously, because I, we... There were some people complaining about uh, runner rebels at Utah State, and they used the Utah State call, and they were, you know, they were freaking through the roof that Utah State won the game. What am I supposed to do? I mean, I think go with your gut and <laughs> okay, well, keep it the way that you want. How does uh, I'll ask you this. Mean, how, do, how does Margulies when he's on the game? How does he do it? Is he very is he very pro pack or does he try to call it down the middle? Down the middle, he does. No, really. I, I mean, it's hard because you're so used to that team. You're around that team right, right. more than any of the other teams. But right. I think it's – you know what? He's going to be there tomorrow. So okay. maybe we can ask him. <laughs> ask him. <laughs> Shannon, have a good time back uh, home here in Vegas, and we'll see you out at the games tomorrow, okay? Hey, thank you, guys. We'll see you down there tomorrow. Nevada Sportsnet. Nevada Sportsnet. Shannon Kelly, I don't believe that for one second that the Nevada Sport get, the Sportsnet guys doing the broadcast, their own broadcast, are down the middle. Get out of here. No show. We are the loudest stadium in the world on record. 142 decibels. Did you guys break the record this week? I don't know. Maybe uh, we're going to have to break it this week because uh, a lot of Cincinnati Bengals fans are calling it Burrowhead instead of Arrowhead. Burrowhead. Whoa. Yeah, no, the disrespect. One, the they're arrowhead they're, continues. They're throwing, they're throwing. They're throwing a lot of bullets and board material out there, man. It's Cofield and Company live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. <laughs> yeah, you were right earlier when I was asking on uh, Fun at Workday who has the least amount of fun on the show. Yeah, just hates it. Is Ari? So that was Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey. They do a podcast. I don't know the name of the podcast, but when a lot of the sound we get fed, I'm like, hey, what's the credit on that? We actually should give credit. And Ari looks like he wants to literally reach through the screen because we, we were all on a little video and punch me right in the face. Slap. But that's where it's from, Ari. I don't, it, I don't know where. Yeah, the slap. I'm very fond of slapping. We're or gonna, getting slapped. From my, There you go. We may possibly end up having a Lotus slap competition. I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, I feel like there's some liability they're not going to be good with. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of contests I've suggested to the be a lot to the promotions sin- people over the years, and they're like, eh, legally, I don't think we can do that. So if we, so if we try to intro if we intro a, a slap contest, I just don't think that's going to get past the lawyers. Yeah, something tells me I'd be getting an we'd be getting an email from Danielle going ah ah ah. Don't forget to take your sensitivity training test. Big game parties going down here at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, of course, on uh, super fabulous uh, scintillating Sunday. In a couple of weeks, you got to book it now, though, because this place is going to fill up, and they do have a special all-you-can-drink. One hundred twenty-five bucks, all you can drink. If you're if you're a drinker, and especially a mixed drinker, you know, on the Las Vegas Strip, that'll go quick. But that's a good deal. 
So if you want to watch the game down here, you're talking 55-plus TVs. The freaking sportsbook is right there. So take advantage of it. Call on down here to the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island and reserve your spot now for the su- super special scintillating Sunday. I'm excited the, for the next the, few weeks. The second Sunday in February party. Yeah. We've got to make sure we don't violate any rules. Right. Right? So I hate to do all that and, and, uh, and pop the party and then mention this. I got home yesterday, and I don't know. I was, I was very focused on other stuff on social media, but I had seen a couple of Kobe mentions. And then I walk in the door, and you know the SO, the significant other, is a big Lakers fan and a really big Kobe fan. And she's like, oh, look at my hat. Right? So she's got this collector's item hat that has, like, an L.A. on the front and then, like, 8 and 24 and Kobe and – and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You got that hat. That's really cool. She's like, you know what today is? And I'm like, Kobe? So he passed away? She's like, yeah, how did you not know? I'm like, I just lost track of the day. But it's a, that's a big day for you too, right, yesterday? It's been three years. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's one of those. He, he was one of those uh, persons. I, I'm not, like, close. I never was close with Kobe. But in our careers, like you, I'm sure you have certain milestone moments of your career, things that you did, things that you covered. We talked about it two nights ago or two days ago when we had Mark Wade on. Mark Wade was my first ever professional byline when I was getting my career started in the States only black newspaper, the Las Vegas Sentinel Voice, cover story on Mark Wade. My transition from that paper to the Review Journal was at the big time Adidas tournament. At the time, it was Adidas's tournament. Sonny Vaccaro brought Adidas here, and he brought Nike to the Las Vegas, uh, the summer tournament, way back in the early 80s. And his goal was to bring Adidas here and put Nike, the Nike tournament out of business. And he wanted to bring some big names. And that time, it was supposed to be the year of the big man. Tim Thomas from your neck of the woods, Lester Earl. Uh, Mike Bibby was down at the Nike tournament, but there was young Kobe Bryant, who had just made a name for himself at the ABCD camp in Teaneck, New Jersey. And he brought him out here, and I shadowed him for the week. Oh, did wow. a story for USA Today that he was going to be the next high school NBA star. Did a story for the Review Journal. So, at the end of that tournament, I got my offer to join the RJ. So it's a oh, so that, that beyond all of his accomplishments on and off the floor, I mean, you're always going to have something special in terms of connection to Kobe Bryant, right. From the beginning of your career. Coming up. Let's break down the Niners side of the Niners and Eagles. We've got to uh, ESPN Sacramento, and Damian Barling is in. You know, we're actually going to mention the Sacramento Kings. That's quite a story, too. 49ers are in trouble. Say it with your chest. Let's go. I feel like people have been talking more about the Niners and its playoffs than the Eagles. Yeah. Like, we're not the number one seed. So when you ask me, what did I learn from that beatdown we gave the Giants? Beatdown. Is that that we're not getting the respect that we deserve? If y'all don't want to give it to us, fine. G-Men, we'll have to take it. We have to show y'all. They had to be the example. Sorry. That's how it works. Sorry. That's real. Sorry about it. (laughs) It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Former Eagles running back LaShawn McCoy talking a little trash about the Niners. That was on Emmanuel Acho's show on FS1. Ari's here, Willie, Cofield. Let's get the uh, Niners side of the story for the championship game on Sunday. Damian Barling's the guy we lean on from ESPN Sacramento. It's the home in Sacktown of the Niners. How are you, sir? I'm good, my man. Great to be on with you guys, as always. So I gave the whole elaborate setup for the uh, Niners, but first, 
You know, I was thinking of you guys because I, I care about you guys, you media guys in Sacramento. And, you know, I reached out to you the other day and you were talking about being at the arena. And I'm like, yeah. wow, wow, the Kings are actually good. Like the beam, baby. The Kings, like are the, actually, the Kings are actually good. What is it like for the fans and even you as a media person? This team had 16 straight losing seasons. You still have to cover them every year, but you're like, again, with this nonsense. This year they're good. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And I was telling Ari, like, on, you know, when he called, like, this, that, like, not only are they good, like, they're legitimately good. And I know a lot of people, and people who cover the team, like, they're nervous. Like, they don't really want to <laughs> yeah. embrace it because they've seen things fall apart so many times. Like, the team, you know, they had a decent record in Dave Yeager's last year here, but everybody knew it was fraudulent and they weren't going to be able to keep this up. This team feels really sound. It was disappointing Domas wasn't named the starter yesterday for the All-Star team, but I'm pretty confident he'll be named the reserve next week, and I have a pretty good feeling. I think we you know, went over the rosters. It's probably down to Devin Booker's 29 games that he played and De'Aaron Fox. So there's a really good chance that there's two All-Star starters or two All-Star players. Mike Brown has a chance to win Coach of the Year. Monty McNair has a chance to win Executive of the Year. Man, it's it's crazy, dude. This is this, we've been talking for what, like four or five years. This, this has never happened to me. I, I sometimes I don't even know how to act, and I can't tell y'all <laughs> enough. That beam is the source of so much happiness in this city because the Kings win a game and the crowd rushes out to be outside, you know, our little downtown commentary, and they look up and that purple light goes to the sky and. Oh, it's just euphoria. It's crazy. It, it, it's something that so many people haven't experienced in so, so long here. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Damien, I was there a couple, a few years back. Uh, it was before the pandemic year. Actually, it was, I believe it might have been the pandemic. It was, it was two years in a row, 19 and 20 or 18 and 19. Anyway, um, and I'll just never forget that that plaza that Golden One is in. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Even on game nights, I mean, I remember. To, I, I, first of all, I got a big kick out of the electronic uh, scooters that you could just pick up anywhere, and it was a, a Uber scooter. Um, but that plaza was dead. Even on game nights, I go. I ate at Echo and Rig almost every night when I was in town. Dead. Um, that I know that some of the upper brass of the Kings go in there occasionally. When Luke was the coach, he would go in there, but it was never really. What is that plaza now like? I have to imagine the electricity just in and around the arena. And I'm telling telling you, post-game, pre-game, like there wasn't a lot of hype or, or, or build-up in and around. I think the biggest hype I saw in the two times I was there, there was a WWE event. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. That absolutely adds up. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll use it. You mentioned Echo and Rig, man, a great steakhouse in Sawyer Hotel. You're not walking in there on a game day. You just you just can't do that anymore. Like you just can't walk in, sit down, have a steak before a game. Like you've got to have a reservation. Uh, it, it was funny they they played Toronto the other night, and as soon as I got downtown, I was like, "Dang, it's kind of slow down here." Because the 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 Monday prior they had played Memphis, I get there about two and a half hours before the game, and it's already flooded with people. The restaurants are packed, the little bar areas are packed. Like it's done. It's absolutely done wonders for all of those businesses uh, in, in that downtown commentary, that plaza that you're speaking of. 
Damian Burling, ESPN Sacramento, is with us with Cofield and Company. So the Niners have been a hell of a story the last few years to cover. Um, I'll start off with where are you now on Brock Purdy in terms of confidence? You know, I was asking uh, one of our football insiders, Stanford Route, earlier in the show, a former Raider, about who he trusts to make a big play or two if that's what it comes down to in the uh, Eagles and Niners game. And he actually picked Brock Purdy over Jalen Hurts. Really? That's, that's, that's interesting because I, 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 I still go the other way. Like, I, I, I like Jalen Hurts a lot as a quarterback. Um, the last time we talked, I think Brock Purdy had just gotten the nod, and it was like, well, we had, you know, I remember, you know, I'd mentioned C.J. Beathard and in, 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 in that third-string quarterback thing where it's like, I think Kyle is, you know, I think this is Kyle Shanahan's finest coaching job. Like, I think he's been extraordinary this year. I think he should win coach of the year. But there's a certain element of like, yeah, Kyle is really good, but you've got to give it to Brock Purdy for what he's been able to do. And every week you hear football people say, well, at some point it's going to catch up with him, or at some point he's going to be this, or if he gets shaken. He hasn't been shaken yet. And the best defense that he's played this year was the one that they played last week. It wasn't the prettiest game, but we spent six, seven days heading into that game talking about just don't put your defense in a bad position. And he didn't. And if he can play, if, if Brock Purdy plays a clean game, which I think he will, not to say he won't turn it over, but I don't think he'll make that back-breaking turnover, which Jimmy Garoppolo has made on a number of occasions. Like, as long as he doesn't do anything like that, and I don't think that he, that he will, I'll pick the 49ers to win. Uh, this, you know, I should say, last week was the best defense they played up until this point in this defense they're playing it's super scary uh every time i dive into these metrics and this pro football focus stuff i I walk away with a stat that just leaves me shaking my head like man they're really going to have to figure out a way to get around this group but i i i I don't i still don't think i can pick brock purdy to make a big play over Jalen hurts like if if, if that that's the question i still think i'd rather have Jalen in that position yeah and the problem that i have is that the 49ers struggled with Dallas's defense. Now they're going on the road to play what I think is probably a better defense that, you know, had 75 sacks this uh, regular season and postseason, third most ever. I just don't know if the 49ers can respond and play catch up. Purdy's not used to playing from behind. Yeah, that's the and, and that's a, that's a great point. They can't like they they can't play catch up. They either have to go low for ball with them. Or they can't fall behind. Um, I think the offense is explosive enough. I just, I don't, I don't know whether the, the, the one thing I keep getting stuck on is I don't know where the explosive plays are going to come from. Like I was reading today, this was the stat that ruined my day was that the Eagles are the best when it comes to limiting yards after the catch. But, so much of what the 49ers do is built off of yards after the catch. Like, you run these slants across the middle, throwing the ball two, three yards to, Chris, to Christian McCaffrey or to Debo Samuel to George Kittle. They can turn that into 12, 30, 40, 50, 60 yards. Philadelphia doesn't allow that to happen. So you have that, that you know, vicious secondary that they have, that final line of defense on the wide receivers, and you have a group that can take away the middle, and I just walked away. Uh, I walked away from today's show just like I, I think the 49ers are going to win. I have no idea how. I don't know. I don't know what Kyle Shanahan's going to pull out of his bag that maybe we haven't seen yet that that puts them in the in the in the best position to beat this 
ridiculously good defense. Damon Burling on the horn, talking Niners. ESPN Sacramento, the home of uh, 49ers broadcast. I want you to talk about Eric Armstead because obviously super close ties with you guys in that market. He's from there, and just the kind yeah. of player he's yeah. turned into and the kind of leader. We played some audio from him early in the week, and I thought he was uh, incredibly poignant about you know what Purdy has done for the team and how much they trust him. Yeah, he's been a leader from day one, man. And I think one thing that's really helped him, it 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 it, it killed him uh, when Nick Bosa was out because they were able to focus so much attention on him and taking him out of the game and then uh, kind of spying Fred Warner and watching what he's doing. So when Nick Bosa came back, it, and obviously, I mean, Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year, caliber type of player, it freed up Eric Armstead to get back to what he was doing the year prior. Uh, and he is, he, he, he's, he's phenomenal. Uh, he's been phenomenal for this defense this year. He's been phenomenal for this defense the last few years and an absolute leader. He's, and you, you, you kind of alluded to it right there, uh, a leader for the San Francisco 49ers. And even being in San Francisco, Santa Clara, the Bay Area, like he's still very much a leader in Sacramento. He's here regularly. His family here is here regularly. His dad came into the studio a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Uh, he, he, he's one of those football players where you go, man, like this, this dude does it right. What's your pick for the game? Man, I got to go San Francisco. I think that roster is just, I think it's the best roster in football, um, top to bottom. I think Fred Warner against the Dallas Cowboys was the best player on the football field. I think Trent Williams, if he's not the best player in, in like the best all around football player in the NFL, he's like second. Um, and I'm, I'm just not overly concerned about Brock Purdy. I think the true, game changer for the San Francisco 49ers was Christian McCaffrey. And so if they find a way to get Christian McCaffrey going and they find a way to keep that defense honest with him, I think they have just enough to win a low-scoring game against Philly. Damian Burling's with us. All right, let's, let's say they make the Super Bowl. It's in Arizona. You know, we talk about the Niners fans all the time um, because I don't think a lot of people realize around the country that Niners fans are everywhere. They may not be the Cowboys yeah. and the Steelers, but from their winning years, man, people all over the country follow the Niners, but especially up and down the West Coast. Am I crazy in saying, let's say the Bengals make it, that Niners fans getting to Arizona could outnumber Bengals fans by like four to one? Very confident. Yep. Yeah, almost, almost, almost certainly. Like they'll they'll be out there. Remember, it was just like two. <laughs> it, it was uh, uh, it was one of the COVID years. They had to play like their final yep. home games in Arizona. Yep. Um, and like you, whether it's Arizona, you guys have seen it in Las Vegas. L.A. might as well be, you know, Santa Clara South at times. Uh, yeah, that, that fan base, that fan base travels really, really well. Uh, should they get through this game? Yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of 49er fans in Arizona for sure. Damien, you're awesome. Uh, enjoy this weekend, and uh, you know we're not rooting, we're media, but uh, it'd be cool if they make it, and hopefully we see you down at the Super Bowl because we're going to be down there. Damn you, Raiders! We're still going. Screw it. <laughs> we're, we're, Love we're it, going. man. Appreciate you guys. Thank see, you as always. See you later, Damien Barling, longtime host in Sacramento, now with ESPN Sacktown. We're going to have our picks in the five o'clock hour. You asked me a few weeks ago, what's the best matchup when there was eight teams left? All right, what's the best matchup now from a storyline standpoint? Honestly, Kansas, uh, Kansas City-Frisco because it'll be a rematch. 
Is it crazy? Super Bowl rematch. Yeah, I, I get it. Is it crazy that I, in some ways, I look at the Bengals, I'm like, oh, the Bengals again? And then I'm like, they, they hadn't made it in forever. What are you, we're going to get Bengal fatigue? Because they made it one time? Like, they're a great story, too. No, they are a great story. I mean, you could, I mean, you could realistically, you could, you could write a historic piece on the Bengals 49ers Super Bowl history. But I think right now, for immediacy, it would be the Chiefs 49ers with how well the 49ers are playing, how much mm. better they are that they could possibly, you know, the revenge. Now, another important question that we'll address in the 5 o'clock hour is who are you rooting for? Because there's a lot of cities and fans out there that I don't like, so i got to pick and choose here mm. what side I'm going to be on. Ooh. Next hour, you can hear it on LVSportsNetwork.com or listen to the archives on the same site.